publish our podcast, episode 97. Well, hey, hey, everybody. I am so excited to have you back for another podcast episode. I'm Alexa Bigwarf, the host of the Publisher Podcast. And today we're talking about something that has gotten a lot of feathers all kind of riled up, um, ruffled, as as they say, around categories at Amazon. So Amazon announced a few weeks ago, or actually there wasn't really a big announcement. The way we found out was by going in to a book. Um, one of our authors had gone into a book to change her categories and was like, hey, they're now telling me I have to have three categories or need to make a change. And so we explored and found out that indeed Amazon was changing. Um, I had some ideas on why they might do this right off the bat. Namely, I can't even imagine how much time and resources it takes them to deal with all of the help requests from authors trying to submit those additional seven categories um, or eight categories actually. But there's more reasons behind the change than that. However, there's no need to panic. Um, This is not going to be something that I feel will hurt authors. It's probably a better system in the long run, although it may take a little while for the kinks to get worked out. But what it does mean is now it's more important than ever to make sure that you are choosing the absolutely best categories that you can to ensure that your book is seen. And your keywords as well are really important. So I reached out to the smartest person that I know about keywords and categories, Dave Chesson of uh, Kindlepreneur and and the brain, massive brain behind Publisher Rocket. So he's going to explain all about these changes, why it's happening, and what we can expect. And hopefully by the end of this, you will know two things. That one, you absolutely need to go get Publisher Rocket right away, and you can find our link to that in our show notes. Um, And two, you'll hopefully have a better understanding for what's happening, and most importantly, not feel really panicked about what is going on and how to um, make the most of this situation. So, all right, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Publish Her Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Cause I've been where you've been, and I felt what you're feeling, and I don't want to get in your All right, everyone, welcome back to the Publisher Podcast. I'm Alexa Bigwarf, and I'm really thrilled to bring you Dave Chesson of Publisher Rocket to the show today. So Dave is one of those people who's been around in the industry for a long time. He's not only a successful author, but he's offering all of these wonderful tools and resources to authors to help you in the way. The biggest tool that I'm a huge fan of that I use for all of my book research for keywords and categories is his tool publisher rocket um but he also has an incredible blog that just gives so much that's the first place i go if i have a question about anything is his blog so i will make sure that all those links are in the show notes for you but welcome dave i'm so happy to have you here to talk to our audience yeah thanks so much for having me so what we're here to talk about today is this big change that 
that has happened recently where Amazon has gone from um, a multi-category opportunity, if you knew how to get in the back end of the system to get up to 10 categories associated with your book to this new only three categories, which is what all other book retailers were doing anyway. But it's thrown a lot of confusion into the picture. People have questions, all those. So we're going to dig into this. But first, if you could just quickly, for anyone who happens to be new to you, tell us what Publisher Rocket is so that we understand first how it's such a, a great tool for finding the, the keywords and categories that you need in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when talking about Publisher Rocket, I like to start with why I built it. Um, you know, Back in the day, publishing companies used to use some important information to make decisions about how to sell their books. They would analyze categories to know the trends, what was happening. You know, they would better understand how to best position their book. They would even have key data to know when a subject matter or when a genre needs full focus. And so they had all this information. But us self-publishers, we didn't have that. We would just sit down and write something and we would kind of throw it up there and really hope that we could win. And that was a major disadvantage. And so I started developing a system that was designed to help not only self-published authors, but any author, whether you're published or not. Um, and now it's even publishing companies are using us as instead to help to understand those things. And so it is about finding the best keywords so that Amazon knows where to put your book so that you are seen by more shoppers. It's about finding one of those 14,000 categories that really fits your book and helps you to show up more often. And again, in front of your target market. And there's other things like our, our uh, Amazon ads feature that helps you to effectively and efficiently build your Amazon ads if you're doing that, and a whole bunch more. And personally, as as Alexa can probably attest, my team and I are constantly working to improve and add to the program because as an author myself, a lot of times I look I like to look at my programming team and say, oh man, wouldn't it be nice if I could do this? And then I'm like, hey guys, go figure that out. Let's go do that. <laughs> and that. so that's just been the fun of the program. And as I always tell people too, every time we come out with a new feature or update, that's a free upgrade for previous owners. Um, so that way, those who invested in the program have just constantly benefited from all of our constant work, tweaking and improvement. Well, it's such a, it's such an incredible tool. I use it for my own books. I use it for my, um, for my publishing houses. I use it for our self-publishing and assist clients that we work with, because to your point, uh, indie authors come in without a clue as to how to figure out the correct metadata, yet those categories and keywords are <laughs> probably other than, I mean, obviously there's all the whole list of the most important thing, right? A good cover, editing, a good book, all those. But if people can't find your book to begin with, then you're just hosed. <laughs> so right. it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah, so, you could be the best written book ever. You could, yeah. it could be a phenomenal story, but if stores if marketplaces, if Amazon, if publish, if nobody knows how to best position it in front of customers, it will never be discovered. And that's just such a huge bummer because great books deserve to be read. And yeah. so this is that one opportunity to really get your foot in the door. And I say that this is even more important to brand new authors because for brand new authors, you don't have a giant following. You don't have an email list. You don't have, you know, uh, incredible, massive marketing skills. But if you can position your book so that maybe four or 500 people a month stumble upon it on Amazon.com every month, that's a great way to start your career from you know obscurity to building your following and then building your platform so that one day when you go to launch the next book, you have 
a whole market you can absolutely tap in while still working your keywords so that you're still finding new customers as you go. Yeah. There is so much data in this, in this, in the tool, and we've gone into several webinars with your folks to go into all the details. So I just want to say for anybody who is new to Publisher Rocket and wants to learn more, I'll make sure that to include the links to our webinars that we've done in the past, some tutorials that I have from me just using it as a user, all that stuff. You can also find it at rightpublishcell.com. Uh, the Right Publish Cell YouTube channel, but it'll be in the notes. But let's dig into what we really want to talk about today, which is what in the heck is Amazon doing? The first question I have is wh why? Do you have any idea why they decided to change the system? Which for anybody who doesn't know how the system used to be, basically you could pick two categories when you loaded your book, but then there was a backdoor way that you could go in, you could find all these tiny little obscure categories and you could email them and say, hey, I also want my book to show up in these categories, which is how people often got to the top of, of, of the charts, basically. So why the change? Yeah, well, this actually goes to show how important your metadata is. You see, Amazon is kind of like, just think of it more like, instead of like a person, because we kind of inherently think that way, think of it like an algorithm or a calculation, okay? So you submit your book, and they're trying to figure out what your book is about, where to put it, how to show it, okay? And the two great greatest ways to do that is by your keywords and the categories you select. Now, what was happening was Amazon, um, and this is something that we got from someone who works in Amazon, so this is directly from the horse's mouth here, is that Amazon was saying that what was happening was that while they loved the system that they had before, the problem was, was that there were a lot of people that were choosing categories that didn't exactly fit, but kind of fit. Okay. Mm -hmm. This could be like, like actually a fun example of this was Harry Potter got, came under fire because they had selected nonfiction um, orphan. It was a nonfiction and it was about orphans. And they're like, this is not an orphan book. I get right. that Harry Potter, the main character was an orphan, but it's not an orphan book. And so what ended up happening was it made it that that book was absolutely number one bestseller for orphan books right. and always had a bestseller tag. And right. the thing is, is that it wouldn't say orphan. It would just say bestseller. So they had assured themselves like continuous, absolute, everyday bestseller tag on Amazon, which is funny because it's, or you know, it's Harry Potter. It should be a bestseller. <laughs> but that's not the point. The, the point though was, was that that started hurting their calculation. Their calculation was like, wait a second, like mind blown here. I thought this was a fiction book. I thought it was a fantasy book. Why is it nonfiction orphan? Yeah. And it caused their system to become basically less efficient and effective. Okay. So when people type something into Amazon to look for a book, Amazon was struggling to get the right book because everybody was using these categories in kind of a massive way. Right. So they decided that they wanted to shoot back to you have three. Now I'm going to break this down a little bit more. So the old way, this is really important for people to understand. The old way was that when you go to publish your book on KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing, you were allowed to select three categories then, right? Or I think it's two. You, you can select two. Now, what's interesting is, is that this box that would pop up, they weren't actually Amazon categories. They were what's called a BISAC. Mm -hmm. And the BISAC is like an international standardization code, Okay. Uh, the BISAC system was created because a long time ago, publishing companies used to sit down and like massive publishing companies would have a whole list of categories and a tiny publishing company might have a smaller list of categories. And so when the big ones would publish a book, they would just choose a category of their own, like, oh, Wiccan, 
it's a Wiccan book. Well, then they would ship the book to a book market or, you know, like a store down, you know, like Ma and Pa's bookstore. Okay. And Ma and Pa would pick up the book and they'd be like, Wiccan, uh, where do we put this, Ma? And pa would be like, I don't know. Is that religious studies? And Ma would be like, no, I think that's fantasy, you know? And all of a sudden the book might actually get put in the wrong spot. And this was a problem. Whereas, you know, like Powell's bookstore, you know, in, in, in Portland, Oregon, right? Where there, it's floors, you know, large. If you've ever been there, it's super cool. I love that place. Um, <laughs> but they might actually have a Wiccan bookshelf, okay? And they know exactly where it is. And so this became problematic. So they created a standard list of categories, no matter who you are, what, whether you're a publishing company or your market, even Amazon at that point, you had to select a BISAC. And that way, when it goes to Ma and Pa's bookstore, their computer would say, oh, this BISAC number, you should put it on that shelf of your bookstore. So now there wasn't a subjective opinion to make mistakes. And Powell's would be like, oh, it goes right there. And so they standardized it. So when we would go into Amazon KDP and we would select a book category from it, we were actually selecting a BISAC. And then Amazon would automatically put it in a spot. Hmm. Now, most of the time, the BISAC was the same as the Amazon category, okay? And so, but not all the time. We've had a lot of authors where they would select the BISAC and they'd be like, wait a second, Amazon, I didn't select it. Why are you putting me here? And yeah. it's because they didn't have a one-to-one -one connect. Another important thing that was really uh, big for authors was that there are about 4,800 BISACs, but there's over 14,000 Amazon categories which means that if you relied on just the BISACs themselves, you're being put in the most competitive categories of all. Mm -hmm. So that's how they used to do it, okay? Um, and like you had said, is that we could then contact Amazon after we publish and we could choose the Amazon categories, okay? Now, there's two problems that came from this, okay? The first is, and I'm gonna be absolutely blunt and honest on this one, <laughs> Amazon's all about cutting costs. Okay. Right. And what they saw was more and more authors were contacting their people, okay, through a form that they designed mm. and making their people work to move categories over. I wondered about this piece of it. I, I could only imagine how much uh, contact they were getting because everybody's teaching this strategy now. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I can only imagine how much their help support was putting behind this on the, uh, you know, into this. Yeah, exactly. So all of a sudden they've got a major cost cutting measure to be able to, shall we say, redirect the resource. I, I, I'm hoping that they redirected the resources to something else instead yes. of just firing <laughs> a bunch of people. Let, let's think positive here. Okay. But so that was the first thing. So a lot of people are like, why would they do this? Well, <laughs> right. To save a lot of money. Right. Um, the second thing though, was that in the new system, instead of showing us a box of BISACs, Amazon now shows the Amazon categories, okay? Nice. Not all of them though. We have found, and this is one of the things where our data is proving that they're, they're not, um, I think they have a couple of bugs and I think they have a couple of issues. I think they're working on it, okay? Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, those are not BISACs anymore. That is a very concentrated list of most of the Amazon categories out there. We do have uh, information that shows that they're slowly adding some of the okay. ones that they forgot. Um, so when you go there now, you can actually select Amazon categories instead of BISACs. So you select your three. Now, what's interesting about this is that Amazon is, you're not just stuck with three. Okay. Mm -hmm. You get to choose three and then Amazon 
if they if they if your cat keywords are correct and your categories are correct and all the other things makes them feel like oh yeah this is definitely that kind of book they will proactively add you to more categories that they know fit your book oh. so a book can absolutely and they even it's interesting in their fine print when they talk about this they say it but don't say it and we've seen data where clearly books are absolutely showing up for more than three but that is only under amazon's algorithmic discretion okay so there's no human that connects it so this is where there's two things that really come from this new strategy number one is that it is absolute actually there's more let me i'm not going to say that number the um the first thing is this is proof that getting your keywords and categories is incredibly important for Amazon to understand your book. And authors need to do a better job of that in order to get Amazon on their side, helping them to sell their book. Right. Number two, you have three categories to choose from out of 14,000, okay? <laughs> it's really important now. You can't just kind of find a whole bunch of them and just go after them. You have to strategically choose your three, okay? And I think that having more data is even more important today than it was a month ago okay so your three really matter another thing is understanding that how amazon works with these okay you now have direct power to choose the three categories you want and if you do a great job amazon almost rewards you by saying hey we know that books like exactly like this do so much better when we show them over here as well let's go ahead and do that because Amazon is in the game of making more money. Right. You have told them that this is this kind of book. They know they're going to make more money if they show this kind of book more often over here. And so when you do that well, it's it's you almost become in sync with them. Yeah. And they show it more often. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I, I I think it's a good thing. When I went over there and saw it, I didn't know all these details. It actually came up just kind of organically. We were having a Q&A session with one of my groups and someone was like, hey, I just went into Amazon and make a change. And now they're telling me I can pick three categories. And I'm like, what? So we went over, we explored it. I didn't explore it very, very closely. And then I emailed you and I was like, Dave, I need you to come. <laughs> What's going on with this? Yeah. But it, it wasn't clear to me that all the categories were there. It, it didn't look like everything that you could have chosen. So it's good to know that they are slowly but surely adding all of those in. Because the biggest challenge with the um, with just the choosing the bisects is that now if you're a brand new author without any traction behind you and you go into fantasy as your main category or whatever, you're like, no one will ever find you. No, nope. ever. No, and you're you're not going to help yourself out. As a matter of fact, Amazon actually says now in their in their kind of FAQ section, which by the way, there's a couple of things that they put in there that so Amazon's done this before, just a little side note. Uh I once wrote an article on fiction keywords for for, you know, for authors, right? How to choose your fiction keywords. Uh -huh. And that week Amazon promoted that article on their Facebook page saying, uh -huh. learn, you know, on how to optimize for more sales, which I thought was cool. Yeah. And I noticed the next week they changed their FAQ section and they <laughs> almost like just copied and pasted a whole section of my article right into their FAQ. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I'm cool with it because, hey, at least more people will better understand this. Back then, right. a lot of people were like, you can't do keywords for fiction books. And I'm like, I, you really can. And it's actually, it's really important. And then Amazon yeah. finally figured out how Maybe Amazon read an article and figured out how right. to do it better. Maybe. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm kind of 
the same thing happened with categories. They, there are certain particular words that I use that I'm like, okay, there's no way that one of their FAQ people use that exact phrase uh -huh. or this exact sentence word for word. So it, it's a little funny, but I'm also like, all right, at least you're figuring it out, Amazon. I appreciate, you know, salute to you. Too. <laughs> um, but it was really interesting that in their FAQ, um, they did start to mention that authors should go as far down the line, mm -hmm. okay? So they borrowed a lot. Of, there was no terms back in the day to explain like you have a category, you have the main category, then you have a subcategory, and then you have a node, right? Well, since nobody had used those words, I, I, I had started to write some of those. And so now they absolutely defined it, which is good. So now we have key phrases that we can use when talking about a category string and how far you go. Amazon is now saying that you should go as far down as possible, okay? So niche down all the way as possible don't select fantasy go further keep going as further as you can go so like fantasy you know dragon you know sorcery you know all the way down on that line and i just made that one up i can't think of a fantasy string <laughs> long string but you don't have um, them all memorized what <laughs> no i know I'm, I'm working on it um but anyway so they flat out tell you to do that and the reason for this is that if you let's say you are you go all the way down to dragon war Fan, like I mean, we're talking like, we'll say five levels down, okay? If you are the number one bestseller for the fifth level, the furthest level down, they'll also show you for the level up to number four and to number three and number two. So ultimately, you can rank number one in just fantasy, but you didn't select fantasy. You selected fantasy, dragon war, you know, sorcery, mage. So don't waste that spot by just choosing fantasy or the broadest term do what they say which is go as niche down as possible and niching is is really about knowing where to go okay another thing that that i think is really important too um and i want to stress this stress this point because a lot of authors have really shot themselves in the foot and i'm a little bit mad at amazon for not making this clear when you go to select your categories there's a little box that you can check that says like adult content okay just because your book might be a horror or it might be, you know, a little steamy. What they really need to change that word to is erotica. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. That, because I've had a lot confusing. of authors who think that means, well, yeah, I don't want children to read this. Well, right. And, and you know what? Mad props to you because I agree. I think that's a great point. That being said, though, is what Amazon really means is it's erotica, which right. means that your book will not show up. Right. Okay. You, you get basically put into, I was almost going to say the dungeon, but that might be, be a little too on the nose. Uh, you might, you're going to get put into like a time, like they just, they don't want erotica to show up when children look for books on Amazon. Um, so you have to really understand that there's this clear differentiation. So if you choose that adult only component, what you're saying is, yes, this is like bondage, erotica, like Lots and lots of naughty stuff and don't show it on Amazon is what that NC-17. <laughs> How about that? That's the best way. If you're rated R, that's fine. If you're NC-17, <laughs> then adult only, okay? <laughs> I, that's, that's, man, I just thought of that. Yes, that's there the you way go. to look at it, okay? <laughs> so that's the first thing. Um, another thing that's a little confusing, and I don't have the right answer on this, so I'm going to let every listener here know that this is Dave's belief, and I don't have data to absolutely back this up, Okay. Um, the next problem is this, when you go to, so let's hope you didn't check the adult only, but then you have to select the market. Okay. Your main primary market. 
All right. So in most cases, like for me, it's the U.S. market. When I select the U.S. market, it shows me the U.S. categories. Okay. Then I can select my two or three categories from there. We used to be able to select our categories in all the foreign markets as well. So mm -hmm. we could, you know, after we publish, we'd go in, we'd find the, you know, the five or six or 10 UK categories and we'd email them and say, add us to those. We'd go to the Japanese and we could do it to all the markets out there. Currently, as it stands, you can't do that. Oh. You select the one primary market, the, the primary market. So let's say it's US and you select your three. Then when you hit publish, if you go back and try to edit it and you choose a different primary market and add them, it will remove the previous oh. ones. Oh, goodness. That's not good. My belief, and again, just my belief, I don't have any proof and I didn't get any back, is that I don't think they're going to change. And I have heard a couple of people disagree with me. But if we keep in mind that Amazon wants to simplify their system and reduce their costs, mm -hmm. I don't see that there's any reason why they would give us an opportunity to go through and select every right. market out there. I right. think what they're going to do is what they're doing currently right now, which is that when you select those three categories in, in the U.S. store, they're going to basically say, okay, well, here's three categories in the U.K. that are the same. And mm -hmm. here's the three categories in Jap Japan that we think is the same. And here's, and they're just going to extrapolate, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's the way that it's going to be, but I could be wrong. But that being said is right now, that is absolutely what is happening. So don't think, okay, great. I'll choose my three for the US. I'll choose my three for the UK. I'll choose my, what you're going to end up doing is whichever one you you last update on, that's the one that you're choosing. And that's, that's going to hurt you if your best sales are in the US. Yeah. And it's, and that's another thing that authors should definitely consider then is when they're putting it through KDP, which market is likely to be the highest selling. So if you're in the UK, you would want to do the UK market, correct? Yes. Um, so far that's, that's what I'm seeing. And I don't think it's too bad of a situation where like, if you're in the UK and you're like, well, you know, I might be, we'll say British, but you know, I see more sales in the U S mm -hmm. I might, this is again, me saying what I think. Uh, because otherwise they would just like destroy the Canadian and the UK market for that matter. I believe that those like the Australian, US, Canadian and uh, British uh, markets um, that just because I chose the British market or the UK, mm -hmm. um, it's not going to hurt me because there's really good direct translation between the two. That being said, though, is, is that there's a heck of a lot more categories in the US than there is in the UK. Right. right. So if you are strongly based in that particular country, you may want to choose that country. But if you're not really sure, you might just want to stick with the U.S. Um, just because you can choose more specific categories. And uh, considering that there's more sales in the U.S., that might be the better pick. All right. And I have one last question for you that I know is going to be on the minds of a lot of people. We see so many people teaching these Amazon bestseller strategies, right? Mm -hmm. Which really relied on getting into those super niche categories, kind of like what you said earlier, where Harry Potter could be number one on orphan nonfiction. That's kind of the strategy a lot of people, in all honesty, were teaching. Like, find a category that kind of fits, that has no competition, and put your book there, and you will definitely be number one and get a bestseller, right? Mm -hmm. 
So that was a little shady to begin with. Now, some people were doing it legit. There's a lot of people who were doing it with legit with categories that actually worked. But if we don't have super, like, is there still going to be a way to get down in small enough categories that people with smaller audiences can still shoot to the top? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a great question. So back when people were choosing, okay, there are 10. Um, clearly, there were times where people were really stretching out the truth. Right. This change proves that that was was not only a bit, you know, maybe hairy on the moral side, but that it also probably hurt you because mm -hmm. now Amazon's calculation couldn't really figure you out, right? Ah. Um, so this person says it's a romance fiction, but what you know, just because their main character is an accountant, you know, that the fact that they put it in accounting, right? Um, you know, like. <laughs> That ended up biting them, um, which, okay, got it. However, though, there's still the 14,000 Amazon categories out there, okay? They still exist. Uh, they didn't remove them or, or delete them. And what I found is, is that uh, there are still a lot of what we call cross-sectional categories. Um, it's weird, but you can find, like, one of the things that I think is kind of weird on Amazon is that so science fiction and fantasy is one main category, right? Which I still don't understand. Why wouldn't you right. break up fantasy and science? Right. Why do you put them in one? But okay, that's beside the point. That <laughs> is one category, okay? Then there's another main category called literary fiction. Right. All it is is a carbon copy of every other fiction. So I can find, um, you know, like sci-fi military, you know, space military or yeah, sci-fi military and alien invasion inside a literary fiction. Oh, Wow. So like 95% of authors out there will just go to fantasy, science fiction and fantasy and then choose from there and not know that there's a lot of of the same opportunity in literary fiction. And mm -hmm. I, I still don't understand that. Also, nonfiction is its own subject. You know, there's all of these times where you'll find it or you might not be thinking about it, but you might not realize that there's another main category that's actually a perfect fit. So we go in there just kind of like laser focused thinking, oh, okay. Um, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a sci-fi military, so I'll just go to science fiction and fantasy and I'm just uh, selecting from there. Mm -hmm. So I do, there are, and I'll, I'll say this, uh, an example of this is like, if you're in science fiction and fantasy sci-fi military, it might require you like 300 sales in a day to become number one bestseller, but sci-fi military and like under literary fiction might require like 78, you mm -hmm. know, because of that whole, most people don't know to look there. And so that's one of those areas where I, I like doing that with, with Publisher Rocket is yeah. that you can, let's say you put science fiction into the little search bar, it will show you every category string and every main category that has the word science fiction. And it is through that little, you know, that little uh, uh, feature that I've been able to find some crazy uh, categories that I never would have thought of that really do fit. So. Yeah. To answer your question is there are still a lot of opportunities for authors to find ones that fit, that really fit, and that they're in cross main categories, and that can really help. I'm just stressing to all the authors listening is that just don't stretch that truth. If it's, got it, your main character is an accountant, but just don't choose nonfiction yeah. accounting, you know, yeah, uh, to give yourself that little bump. 
Well, that's fascinating. I'd never really thought about the fact that um, how you're messing up your own algorithm when you're choosing those categories anyway, because all the things that, like you said, they want to make money. So they do things that help us by by suggesting books of what other bought and what other people bought in those same categories by pushing things along the way for you. And like you said, if they can't figure you out, they're not going to be able to do that for you. So um Again, uh, uh, Publisher Rocket has been such a great tool in helping us figure out that key question, which is how competitive are these categories? How many books do I need to sell? Where can I fit so that I can actually have a chance at getting to the top of those so that people can find me uh, more easily? You've recently created a whole bunch of content around this this topic. I'm on your newsletter, so I saw it when it came out. Um, we'll make sure all of those links are provided as well in the show notes of this, but if you're not already following um, the blog, make sure you head over. Is it, is it, uh, it's still kindlepreneur.com, right? That hasn't, okay. Yep, it still is. <clears throat> Anything else you'd like to share on this topic uh, before we wrap this up? No, I will say though, is, is that just from somebody who's worked under the hood of Amazon for a long time, which is how we get a lot of our data. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting that Amazon has been doing a lot of changes recently. Um, and I like, I mean, working with them for almost 10 years now, Mm -hmm. um, digging and focusing on it. I've never seen Amazon change so much as I have over the past six to eight months. Wow. Um, and there's a lot of things that they're doing. Um, and, and my theory on this again is, is just my theory. Uh, but I believe that for the longest time, Amazon, the store, has just been constantly growing into more, shall we say, uh, subjects and and you know products, like constantly trying to build out their giant store and coverage of everything. And it was just expanse, expanse, expansion, right? Um, I think they've starting to hit a wall to an extent where they're a little bit less profitable. They've had some issues. Oh. You know, market itself is a little interesting. And I think that Amazon's starting to slow down and come back to the things it has and find ways to either cut costs or improve efficiency or improve their profit margin, um, which is usually it's like, hey, the best way to, to increase, you know, increase profit is increase revenue. But now it's like increased profit margin. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say this to authors is because I think that we're going to continue to see a lot of changes. I think that we're going to see them uh, improve things. Uh, they're clearly going to do more work in their Amazon ads. Cause that's such a huge thing for them. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to find ways to cut costs, you know, like this whole thing about, you know, reporting in your, your categories, um, you know, and so I'm very curious. I've got my finger on the pulse on a whole bunch of things. Uh, luckily I have a lot of people that I work with that are in Amazon. Um, specifically I work with like the head of Kindle, thanks to our work with Atticus, uh, book formatting. Um, and yeah, I'll just keep letting you guys know once I know something, because this is an exciting time. It is exciting. And, you know, I appreciate the fact that you are constantly putting out information immediately and helping. I mean, and and just so everybody knows, like his blog is all encompassing, like literally, if you want to know anything about anything, how to write a query letter, what should be on your copyright page, all the things, (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm kind of selling my my own blog short to but Dave's Dave, your blog is amazing. I am um, really appreciative of it and all the content that is that is there. So head over to kennelpreneur.com. If you haven't gotten Rocket yet, you want it, you need it. Check the link in my show notes to go grab it. And um, I appreciate you taking time out. I know you're a very busy person and have so much going on, but this was exciting and fun. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely, Alexa. And again, thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. All right, cool. Did you Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great, huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.